Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Weaver Beyond the Numbers, the business of government. I'm your host, Adam Jones. I am looking forward to a cutting edge conversation about digital transformation and its impact on government agencies. I am very pleased to be joined by one of the really smart guys in the business, Morgan Page, the partner in Weaver's digital transformation and automation business. And just saying that, I'm going to start right there, Morgan. You are a founding partner of this practice. It didn't exist before. So why does a CPA firm have a digital transformation automation practice? What is that evolution and what in your background led you to this spot? Thank you, Adam. And it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, why a CPA firm has a digital transformation and automation practice line is it's really the direction that the business is moving as a whole and building out a, a support structure to help our, our clients that are exploring this, developing and, and applying it to their business, as well as making sure that we have the capacity and capability to be aware of the risks and, and information that is being used by our clients to drive a lot of their accounting and finance function, as well as their operational function. It just makes sense and is a very good pair up from the accounting perspective. How I got here was kind of a, a non-traditional path. I actually started uh, once upon a time in engineering and decided this isn't really for me. And then I went the business route and I spent almost 10 years as an internal auditor and forensic investigator bouncing back and forth between the two and got a really deep appreciation of how business operated and always had kind of that one foot in the tech space of how can we make it faster? How can we use our systems better? And so when it came down to developing this service line, it, it was really just getting in deep with it and trying to give our clients extra value and turning things that they were spending hours doing every day into minutes and letting them go home to see their families or spending their time doing something that was more valuable to the organization. And what's the history of digital transformation starting from paper and pencil and getting to where we are today? Absolutely. So, so digital transformation is kind of interesting. It's not really a, a new concept. It's just maybe a little bit of a rebranded one. So if we think back into the 70s and 80s, I remember having a discussion with, with uh, one of my coworkers about used to there's these things in law firms called runners. There was a whole room packed full of faxes and wow. people would run and grab from the faxes and sprint upstairs to drop them off at the various people's desks. And then you, you had in essence, a, a digital transformation, it was just a lo-fi to high-tech transformation of now we have email where it's an automated process that that all, all now routes automatically. And those people that were performing the runner activities are now spending their time actually reading what those notes are, understanding them and seeing what the next steps need to be. And so you see this acceleration of the business operation. And now we're in kind of a gen two or, or really could be a gen 17 if we wanted it to be of digital transformation of going, okay, now, now we've gotten really, really good at operating within the digital space. Humans just naturally are digital data beavers. We love aggregating beaver. There's a fantastic study or aggregating data. There's a fantastic study by IBM that shows just the explosion of the data that is being saved in each of our organizations. 
And so now we're at this next layer of digital transformation of now we've been recording every single transaction that happens and it's all living in a system somewhere. But now how do we start using that information? How do, how do we, instead of needing to rely on somebody that's been in the business for 40 years, they have valuable experience, but how can we translate that experience into what is shown in the data or shown in the information and how can we accelerate our business even faster? And so that's where you see now this, this next layer of digital transformation and this next remarketing of it. Your practice area is called digital transformation and automation. And a layperson like myself just throws around those terms and uses them interchangeably. But there's a line between those two things. What are you talking about when you talk about transformation? And what are you talking about when you talk about automation? Great question, Adam. So digital transformation is really not just a tactical shift. It's a strategic shift for the organization. It covers the organizational objectives, the strategy of not just their applications, but their infrastructure and their data. And it is a mentality shift and a cultural shift versus automation is a tactical execution of activities within that transformation space. So we may have a digital transformation goal of eliminating manual processing tasks. AP invoices come into an email inbox. We have somebody manually transcribe them. Our digital transformation objective is that elimination of the tasks. Our tactical execution is the automation using some kind of RPA solution or uh, intelligent OCR that will extract that information for us and put it into the tabular data set or into the application that it needs to go into, eliminating that manual hours of process. Uh, acronym alert, RPA and OCR. Yes, uh, acronyms are endemic to this space because it lets everyone think that we are incredibly intelligent. So um, RPA is robotic right. process automation. Uh, you'll hear many of the big providers, Blue Prism, UiPath, Automation Anywhere. Uh, these are RPA solutions. And those are, I liken them to an intern, a very, very smart intern that once you tell it to do something once, it will always do exactly what you told it every single time. Yeah. Now, there's good and bad to that because if something changes, then it's not going to be able to execute. But uh, it is a what's called a low-code solution that allows businesses to really create their own solutions without having to go back to what's usually very lean IT shops that may not have capacity to execute on these value-add solutions from every part of the business because they're working a strategic roadmap yeah. and keeping the lights on, right? So when you say lean IT shop, I mean, my, my head immediately turns to government. I remember lean IT shops. I mean, typically in an effort like this, the private sector tends to be out on the edge, but you and I have uh, both worked on government uh, engagements together, and there are some pretty sophisticated shops in the public sector. What are you seeing in government IT uh, that leads any conclusions you may have about digital transformation on automation in the future? It's been a little bit slow to adopt and deploy, but we're seeing this increasing acceleration in the space. It's there's more and more components that are readily available that are a little more plug and play 
then maybe need you to, to have that longer learning curve uh, and, and really kind of be the testing and gophers on it, right? So uh, you're starting to see this pickup of acceleration and you're seeing some different organizations have these just massive value adds with it. Uh, everyone from the Texas DMV to the IRS has deployed RPA in, in some form or fashion and are also moving down the, the broader digital transformation journey. And you're even seeing it in the legislation. So in Texas, uh, there's just been a legislation passed about data, right? And having a data officer that, that governs your data strategy, that's a part of digital transformation as well, right? So where's our data, where's our key pieces, and how do we make it accessible both internally and to the public, right? So you're addressing not only transparency concerns, but I assume privacy concerns along with it, as you always do with government data. Absolutely. And so you're starting to see this deeper understanding of what data is where and an awareness of something that's called dark data. Uh, it's data that we've been recording for years that maybe you don't see on your application. So when, whenever you pull the report or the information in that report, if there's information being transacted in the back end that maybe needs a little more security on it, or maybe it meets that need that we've had for five years that suddenly if we get this little bit of data, we can streamline an entire process. Let's say I'm a state agency executive director, a CEO, or a, um, a school district superintendent, a city manager, and I see legislation about me appointing a data officer and requirements about privacy and transparency, and I watch this podcast with Morgan Page about digital transformation, what's my first step as a leader of a government agency to nudge my agency into productive ways of adapting digital transformation and automation to my benefit? What do I do first? I love that you brought up the first step. If you go out of digital transformation and get into what are all of the things you could change in your organization that provides a value, there's just a wealth of avenues to go down and you'll spend so much time trying to run down each avenue that you're going to exhaust yourself before you really see that value. So my recommendation is typically take a step back and look at our operations. Where is our value driver back to the public and internal? So in the Texas DMV example, right? It's heavily transactional. And so a digital transformation focused on more high availability systems that have this uh, slick backend reporting is not really going to match the value driver uh, of the DMV, right? Versus a transactional accelerator using something like a robotic processing automation solution or RPA solution could. So imagine a world where you go into your DMV office and you send in your license ahead of time. Everything's transcribed. When it takes the picture, everything's automatically processed. And so it's more of a drive-by, you take your picture and you go on. You've been validated before you ever get there and you walk out and really it's just the picture piece, right? That's the automation and that's the value driver from the DMV perspective. Now, your organization may do something completely different. You may be more of a reporting and monitoring and that's where something like 
managing the data, maybe a little bit more on the data science aspect of getting insights on those data and understanding where maybe there's some compliance failures ahead of time or people that have a higher trend of compliance failures to be able to understand what's driving that becomes the higher value component of your digital transformation. We, you and I have had this conversation before. In any time you, you start an IT project, a transformation project in, the, in a government space, you talk about people, process, technology. If you ignore the first part, it leads to project failure. Uh, what do you do to adapt people to evolve towards a more transformed, automated uh, environment? Because sometimes it means giving up control over processes they've run sometimes for decades. Absolutely. So, and it does come back down to the people. So it's, you, you mentioned it's an IT project, but I actually would walk that a little bit differently into it's a business project that uses IT resources. And so uh, it can also often be because it, it's a new technology bucketed in these IT needs to deal with this, IT needs to deploy it, IT needs to lead it. But that puts IT in a, in a very difficult position because this is really architected to be a business support operation. And IT is conversant in the value drivers of the business, but they don't really have that, that tactical feel of here's the 14 things that we could change and really just make this dramatic impact, right? And so when you're talking about this digital transformation, it's making sure you've got the right people that are leading it, that are evangelizing it to the organization and, and using evangelizing it to the organization intentionally because this can easily transform into a black box. Like right. you saw with me, I start rattling sure. off acronyms by accident and then everybody in the business who's not engaged in it, who's not reading about it, they just kind of go blank faced and they go, I'm, I'm a little worried about it. Right. <laughs> I don't, I'm not really sure what's happening and I don't want to give up my process and get in trouble because I didn't really understand what they were applying. And so getting engagement with these little wins, with these things that it may not be the big, massive 5,000 hours of FTE savings in a year that you're really hoping for, but having that 100, 200 hours a year of FTE savings to a person and you do that five or six times, those are easy, quick wins that are now engaging your team with. And so their lives are getting easier and then they start, then it's less of a, an ask of, is there something I can help you with? And then they start knocking on your door going, hey, can I get more help here? With the last few moments we have, Morgan, I could ask six or seven more follow-up questions, but I'm not going to do that. Um, but I will ask this, if you look at government and you've worked across multiple government environments in your career, what do you think the digital transformation environment is going to look like in three to five years? How is government going to conduct business differently, in your opinion? I think there's going to be an incredible acceleration of the integration and capabilities with the data that exists. Oftentimes, with I've seen in, in various government agencies is because of how they build and grow 
instead of like the private sector where they might just buy five new applications that all integrate fantastically together at the same time, often they're kind of having to build and work with these, these components that don't work well together. And so there's really this, this heavy manual effort that people go through to continue their service to the public, but a lot of that will be able to be eliminated in the next three to five years or significantly reduced because from a digital transformation aspect, the new technologies that are coming out, it doesn't matter if that application is from 1970 or 1999 or 2002. It's happy to work with any of it, whether it's operating through the application layer, the database layer, or an interface layer. And so you get this more like a connective tissue that now all of your applications that have been operating in silos are now working together to help you drive and accelerate your business forward. We're going to stop just rebuilding legacy applications from scratch. Is that the promise you just made? <laughs> I won't promise that one, but it, it will be interesting to see how they once aggregated are able to accelerate and then really see which ones are working and which ones we can target for critical improvements. And, you know, some of them, we may not have needed a change since 1970 in the application, and it's still doing exactly what it needs to be. It's an interesting thing with old AS400 systems. It's actually one of the fastest applications when an operator has learned it to execute transactions in, but there's a very high learning curve associated with that. So it's a highly effective application, but it's one that we don't want to apply these days in the faster learning curve, faster cycle time frame. Sure. Morgan, this has been a fantastic primer, um, and I hope that, uh, that our audience will find something to hold on to here, whether they're a CFO, a CIO, an information security officer, or someone just interested in digital transformation. I really appreciate your time, and we will see you next time on the Business of Government. I'm Adam Jones.